Hello, and welcome to the Twin Troopers podcast. My name is Jake. And I am Eric. Hey, Eric. It has been a bit of a while, hasn't it? Oh, my God. It's been finals for you and the holidays. I mean, finals for me, too, I guess. I only have one final. But then also holidays, and I was out of town. Oh, my God. It's been so much. But, but I'm finally, hey, I'm, I'm so happy to be home. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, so, but hey, new year, new us. We're back. That's right. It's time to... Uh, I think that at some point I never stated this, but I have like some unstated goal that it's like I really it would be really cool to have an episode for all of every unit. I don't think that's actually going to happen, but that's what keeps dry. That's what keeps driving me all the way to the end. It's like I we're gonna, for every we're unit that matters. <laughs> that's 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 subjective, Jake. That's subjective analysis. <laughs> they well, all matter. Units that matter are ones that are either a good in the meta or b funky enough that you and i like them so we make episodes for them that's true or units that begin with h and end with ondo onaka also a very good <laughs> see that wow. is a unit that matters you yeah know you why? know because go. he's a friend for hire friend for hire uh honorable businessman what is it straightforward businessman something like yeah, that you uh, told his, his destiny subtitle is uh respected businessman which i think is just the funniest if it wasn't clear, today's episode is about Honda Anaka. You know, yes, uh, the one of the two new people for Scum out of the Tyrants of Lothal expansion. Yeah, it's um, he was a good addition. Good, he fit the theme, and frankly, I think he's a cool. I think he's a cool. He's a good. He's a great figure. I I don't know. Well, I guess you and I will talk about this. I don't know how competitive he honestly is, but he's a very cool figure. I think he's up there, but yeah, we'll talk about that. I also think he's a like he's one of my favorite characters out of Rebels and Clone Wars. So I I was very happy to see him hit the table. That I respect. I hate it. I actually really disliked him in Clone Wars, but in Rebels he came around for me. So really, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I think my wife did not like him in um, Clone Wars. I think she didn't like him in Rebels either. But by Rebels, by the time Rebels came around, I was like maybe I was just more of a contrarian at that point. I was like, <laughs> no, he's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, from uh, like from his introduction in Clone Wars, I loved him. He's just a bombastic, over the top pirate, and it's amazing. Yeah, he plays a little bit more of a antagonist though in Clone Wars, doesn't he? Like he's yeah. a little bit more of a villain. I feel like in Rebels, he's like they started he's, out trying. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, he's like in in Rebels, he's slimy. Like he's not trustworthy, but he's not really out and out bad. It never feels like you know. Right. I feel like in Clone Wars, they tried to like play him up as a big time villain, but like either either the writers were had too much fun writing him or the voice actor had too much fun, uh, like coming up with bullshit for him that he uh, he just kind of took off and became a comic relief enemy more than anything. Yeah, I, I think that's like true. There, there was a, there was an arc or two where like he was actually like a really big time villain, but most of the time he was either. Uh, like a reluctant ally or kind of just a uh, mustache twirling pirate up to yeah. piratey things. Yeah. With that, that with, with that, Jake, I think we should uh, get into it. Yes. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us what his card does? I would love to. Okay. So today our card, Hondo Onaka, friend for hire. He is a scum unit. He is a smuggler leader and you're going to bring him in for six points. That's a good price point. I like that a lot. Um, for the base stats here, we've got a health of nine. So looking at about one, so one and a half, you know, HP to his point cost. Uh, mm -hmm. He's got a speed of five. So that's a nice little luxury there. Uh, he sports a white defense die 
and then he is rolling the Onar special, the blue, red, and green ranged attack. So not too much range there. Um, for his surges, he's got a surge for plus one damage, and then he also has a surge for plus two accuracy. So that is, that's a helpful surge. Then he's got two abilities on his card. Uh, first one is negotiate. When you declare an attack, apply plus two damage to the attack results unless the defender pays you two victory points. Uh, Love that ability. That is a cool ability. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's really it's great that they added more interaction to the game. We'll talk about this more later. But last ability is what's yours is mine, and this states at the end of a round, if you're in an opponent's deployment zone, that opponent loses two victory points, and you gain two victory points. Limit once permission. Sounds good to me. He's Sounds in like your base, stealing your dudes. He doesn't. He doesn't sound bad. I I just like always try and think about him. Right. It's always more of a question of how does he fit in with the other things you could take. So that's that's probably the discussion that we'll be having. Right. Right. Yeah. And that like he he fits well into a couple different archetypes. But we'll uh, talk about there that there at the end with the uh, lists section. Darn right, we will. Let's get down. You tell me about the stats. Tell me about some damage, because I was actually very impressed when I read these. Yeah. So Hondo, unfocused, and if your opponent pays you the victory point so it doesn't get the plus two damage, has an 83% chance to hit uh, to hit three damage and 79% against black and white die, mm. and then 60 and 67 black white to hit four damage. So he hits for a, a decent attack, probably a little bit under what you would hope for from a six point figure. But again, that's unfocused and without your opponent paying the price. Yeah, yeah, that's it doesn't sound that bad to me. Right. And focused, he, uh, he basically bumps up both of those pretty substantially to hit for four damage, 87 and 81 percent of the time and five damage, 71 and 72 percent of the time, which is pretty good amount of stuff for just uh, giving him a focus which you're right. probably bringing at least one rebel focuser into scum anyway very true and, and again just read yeah you go ahead. ahead you're about to say what i'm gonna say right this is all before the negotiate possible yes. negotiate damage all of those numbers you add two to them if your opponent refused to negotiate so uh if you're so if your opponent doesn't pay you victory points with a focused hondo you have a 71 percent chance to hit seven damage against yeah, a black die. It's pretty good. I mean, and I wouldn't even be excited, right? It's it's not bad to have like an 83, right? If we just go down to the very, the lowest of the row, low, right? Like 83% to do five. That's like not, that's not bad at all. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, unfocused. Yeah, that, no, yeah. if you're, and otherwise, or he's not hitting for much, but your opponent is paying you victory points, which means that they lose it and you gain it for a good, fun little swing there. Right, right. Uh. I think we should just roll into strengths, and I actually think we should change. We have we have our things mess. We have things around. I think for the first strength, we should just keep on talking about negotiate a little bit, because something I didn't want to lose sight of was that you were talking about, and this is obviously why negotiate is so great, but the order in which it triggers. So tell me about kind of re. We talked about this before, but I want you to reiterate like the order in which you can use command cards and negotiate. And okay, how to kind so of take advantage of that. Negotiate is an on declare. Uh, trigger so that means that you're that you uh, get to choose that means you as the attacker get to choose the uh, order that they happen in all of the on declare so you mm -hmm, can ask mm -hmm. your opponent if they'll pay before you use your element of surprise or your tools for the job so you right say, so will you pay me and they'll say 
no, I think I can survive, even if you have plus two damage. Well, also, I'm going to element of surprise and tools for the job. You're dead. Yeah, it's a really it's a really excellent ability. And we we're also talking about too, right? So there's obviously that ability, right? It lets you burst a lot of damage, especially in conjunction with defense modifiers and your own attack modifiers, obviously additional attack modifiers. But also, right, we were talking about how on the first round, you're probably gonna be able to get that negotiate, assuming you have a target. On the first yeah. second round, you're gonna be able to get that negotiate damage because you can your opponent can only pay to reduce the two damage if they have victory points to give you. So it's right. basically guaranteed that first round, which is awesome. Yeah, so there's good. a few, there's a lot of maps in rotation and uh, and the Lethal maps coming up where you don't get objective points until end of round. So if you can get a first round attack off with Hondo and they haven't killed any of your dudes, then mm. they don't have any points to pay you and you just get a free plus two damage. Yeah, which is so, so nice. So, so nice. Yeah, so Negotiate has a lot of fun interactions all over the game state. Because I'm trying to think if I, if this figure, say Negotiate was gone and he had a, for a single surge of plus three damage, what would I think about that? And that would, that would probably be all. I'd probably think that's amazing. Probably think that's the best thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, it's a little different, but right, that's how... That's in some ways how you should think about it that first round, right? You're you're almost you're guaranteed, I guess, the free plus two. Yes. Yeah. Or even on on the Usku droids, you have it well into the second round as well, because there's no objective points being had. Right. Unless your opponent's doing that stupid rebel graffiti all over the place. I mean, if you can steal their <laughs> rebel graffiti points from them too, that's uh, I'm not going to complain. That's true. That's true. It's all, yeah, it's all, it's totally important as well. I think you made a good point. I just want to reiterate it though. But the, the swing, right? That they go from two, you go up to, they go down to, right? So you've got like a net of four, basically, net of four points. Pretty nice. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. The net four swing, it's still a race to 40, but it's definitely a good way to look at it. Don't, but just right, don't right. fall into the trap of thinking of it as four victory points. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's holistically, it, it's not four points for you, but. You know, in the grand scheme, bringing right. them back. Right, it does. It does delay your opponent. Just hopefully, just enough. Yep, yep. Um, but so that I guess we can tradition. We can transition into the other general kind of strengths we have down here, and maybe we just go straight to attack power. We'll come back to some of this other stuff. Because yes. right, well, we just kind of were focusing on attack power, but it is. I think it is important to note, right, a, a good attack pool. Right, having that red die is very nice. The green and the blue. Got a surge for a plus one. Plus one, obviously not our favorite, but I think in conjunction with negotiate, it's not the, you know, not it's not the end of the world by any stretch. So right, yeah, most like if he didn't have that negotiate ability to add damage so easily, then we'd be saying plus one. What the heck is this BS? This yeah, guy what, sucks. What were they thinking? Um, but just the fact that he has a way to get plus two damage just tacked on without even having to roll a surge then I'll, right. I'll be just fine with the plus one damage. Even if it, that had read Pierce one or Pierce two would be like, eh, not, not terrible still. Right, right. And uh, honestly, and surging for the, I think his surges are actually really well balanced for his dice pool because I think if you, right, it's really nice to have the option to get that extra accuracy given that is his minimum range is three, so it's not particularly long, but he definitely has the potential to do go a lot further, right, on just the naked roll without the surge. Right. Yeah, his, nice. his average down his average range would be somewhere in the four point five to five ish range, just off the top of my head. Yep. And so it's nice for him to have that ability to, you know, if you really needed it, 
to be able to stretch the range a little bit. So for sure. I'm a fan. The attack his 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 attack is good. For six points, he is definitely a threat. He has, you know, obviously negotiates an interesting ability. Surges are fine. Dice pool's fine. So he's good. He's a good yeah. character. Moving oh, yeah. on, other strengths. Yeah, other strengths. Uh, he does have the VP manipulation. Uh, so all these abilities that say your opponent loses two victory points. Your opponent pays you two victory points. Uh, mm-hmm. His command card, let's make a deal, says use while defending. Pay your opponent X victory points to apply minus X damage to the attack results. Then you become focused. So he just has all sorts of ways to mess with those uh, with those victory points. Yeah, very, very interesting. He's such an interesting character, and the victory point manipulation is... You know, I, I, I haven't yet really figured out if... Right, if I'm just running a generic like offensive base list, which I probably would most often run in mercenaries if I if I was, you know, if I played a lot of scum, honestly. But um if I was to run scum often, it would probably be a generic attack power, like attacking list, remove other figures. And so I'm not certain how big a difference the VP manipulation makes in that scenario. But I do oh. like also that it has it just in terms of because I know and we were talking about this again before this episode, but right, there is a deck archetype out there or a list archetype that is strictly about like command point manipulation kind of outside the normal course. And I really like that this character kind of adds, you know, another tool to that type of list because you could still do it via command cards essentially before this, but now you have something you can anchor it on more, which I really like. Yeah. Before Hondo, there was the, uh, before the Tyrant of Lothal release, there was already a, a points manipulation list that featured Jabba and a bunch of command cards. But just yeah. uh, with Hondo at Hondo and Sabine added to the added to the mix, the scum victory point manipulation became a pretty pretty solid list in the meta. Yeah, and and again, I I just saw, I also just really like when they add things that right introducing in this game introducing new like list archetypes at a high level is not very common. So it's kind of neat when they can pop one, you know, when one pops up here and there. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I'd also note for this victory point manipulation part, I want to call attention to as well. What's mine is yours, um, where you get points from being in the deployment zone. Just note that your opponent loses two victory points and you gain. So that in that case, you're not actually doing the steal mechanic. So you can actually still gain if they don't have any. You can still gain your two victory points. Yes, if you're somehow so, in their deployment zone at the end of round one. I'm not going to defend that it's a great ability, but <laughs> at the at the very least, it is right. It's not like I would go to their deployment zone and they're like, "Oh, sorry, I can't pay you. You don't get anything." Right. Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely something to consider in the late game if he's still kicking around. You you can consider whether it's better to have him attack or just double move. Ideally, you could attack then move into their deployment zone, but uh, but hey, if uh, if if all the world was set up that nicely then that would be great, but it isn't. Well, and to that end, I would say, though, right, like uh, a card like on the lamb, you might be able to actually use that to, you know, kind of chain Ooh. into this what's yours is mine ability, right? So good point. I like that. I like that. Well, thinking. There are times where battles, you know, and this I wouldn't say this is all the time, but there are times when battles like swing to weird, like sometimes like battles coalesce around your opponent's deployment zone or near your opponent's deployment zone. Yeah, when you I don't know if it's as playing like boxy type lists yeah. that don't leave the deployment zone like Han Rangers or the box. Right. And I don't know if it's as good now as it was, but right back when 
you know, like a, a map like Jabba's Palace was in rotation like that. It, it was very trivial to get to your opponent's deployment zone on that map. It was really easy. So, yeah, you know, right who, now, who knows if another map like that would come back. But yeah, I think, yeah, there's not really much uh, getting into opponent's deployment zones unless you're really making an, a concerted effort to get there in the current yeah. rotation. But he will be around for the rest of the game's lifespan. So any uh, any maps that come up with close deployment zones. We're going to be in business. Right. And, you know, I guess I suppose the final word on that is right. It's always going to, you know, the, the, and now we're just kind of generally talking about what's yours is mine, but you know, that ability is the value of it's always going to turn on how I guess like pertinent is your opponent's deployment zone to the other, what do I want to say like action items on the map. Like, so does he still have access to participate on the map from your opponent's deployment zone? And it's like right. some maps, yes, yeah, some maps, no. So, yeah, I mean, heck, uh, in some situations, it might, if it's far enough out of the way, you could park them in your opponent's deployment zone and they can't really get to them before the end of the round. So you can right. both hide them and get some victory points while you're back there. But most of the time, it's gonna you're probably going to have them be out of the way. So you want to do that probably when time is called and you want to just park them there to get those last few victory points at the end of a match type of thing. Right. And I know we're not on weaknesses right now, but right, if I had to call out maybe... Would, in some ways, right, I'd say what's yours is mine is not a particularly like great ability. Like it's a hard to ex it's a in this game, especially again, and we've made I've made this point in other episodes, right? But where you get what the most games go three, four, five rounds. So you're gonna get to activate, you're gonna get to do at most 10 actions with Hondo the whole game. So, like, yes. are you gonna really use what it's gonna take you a move to go in and a move to come out, right? That's like a fifth or a quarter of all actions he'll ever do. It's like, is it worth it to do that? I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Right. <laughs> like I said, it'll, it'll be best to run him in kind of a scum box type thing where everybody's hanging out near Onar and 3PO. So in that case, yep. you want to move them out, take a pot shot and move them back in. Yep. Yep. So, you know, it's, you know, I'll, that's my line. That'll be my last word on what's yours is mine. I've rambled about what's yours is mine enough. Let's talk about the smuggler trait. It's so good, Jake. It's yeah. always so good. Everyone has it. He's a leader and a smuggler. <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah, no, no. Now that we're uh, out of the Imperial Woods and back into scum, scum territory, everybody's going to have smuggler, which means everybody's going to have on the land. Yeah, very true. On the land, so good. Tools for the job, so good. Uh, those are like our usual staples. Like, you know, if you really listen to any of the other episodes where we talked about a smuggler and you will probably hear the litany of cards that are amazing. So, right. Yeah. Or if you know literally anything about Imperial Salt skirmish, yep, yep. skirmish scene, then it's, oh, look, it's the hunter smuggler cards. Everybody knows what they are. Everybody dislikes them to some extent or another. Right. But hey, they're here. So we're gonna. So, yeah, they're they're good. Hondo really likes them, especially like I was talking about earlier with that combo where you can use tools after they've decided to pay you or not. Yeah, that's that's an amazing that's an amazing combo. Yeah, and I guess I would say I don't I don't mean to be reductive about what we mean by the value of the smuggler trait based on the command cards, but really it is in the other episodes. If you go listen to the weak ways or something, it's we talk at length, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. In all of those episodes. And at this point, I am finally I'm finally coming around to the point where it's like, OK, we do not need to belabor all these cards every time. So. Yeah, no, I, I assume people have probably listened to our other episodes at this point. So. 
<laughs> they don't need to listen to me read off what's on the text on on the lamb anymore <laughs> is that what you think i mean we'll probably read them when we get to command cards anyway just uh, just in case well that's you know that's a time-honored tradition so um let's see you know something that i forgot to read jake that i should have read in the beginning was the command card let's make a deal because that we probably should include this in one of his strengths that like explicitly because this command card is so good see agree, right i'm like gonna disagree with you there because no, i you don't haven't been running it oh my god okay i mean all right let's let's read this thing off okay let's make a deal hondo Naka only he's it's zero points Use while defending, pay your opponent pay your opponent X victory points, where X is a variable, to apply minus X damage to the attack results. Then you become focused. Okay, Jake, tell me. I mean, I, okay, I, I can appreciate the argument that there are actually like, right, a hunter smuggler list already is very crowded in command yes, cards. That's yeah, I've been running him in a hunter smuggler list. So that's definitely that's uh, that's basically the point is that there's a high opportunity cost going on here. Yeah. Oh God! At zero, they made it so attractive, though, right? At zero, it yeah. costs zero. Sorry, maybe I forgot to put that. I forgot to say that, but the cost to your list is zero. So, yeah, but there's, yeah. See, in a in a victory point manipulation where you're just kind of racking up points here and there, or racking up points all the time, then I'd consider it more. But in a in a killer list, I would I haven't been running it. And I haven't yeah, I considered could... it to be that terrible of a loss. Yeah, you know, I can see that because again, the the competition at zero and one are is so good already, is so high. You know, I I in the if I'm looking at this just objectively, and I read this right, this is basically a guarantee that I'm going to get another activation out of him, probably. Basically, which, which actually is kind of actually is insane. Now, if it wasn't right, the problem is sort of in a way that it's only limited to him. So if I don't draw it in the right, you know, at the right time, if the timing isn't correct, I. You know, I'm gonna blow a command card that could have been a, you know, could have been a element of surprise, or could have been something else really good. You know, so right, yeah. So that's, so, I mean, that that is the ultimate challenge. But I still think this card is still very um on on its face, face facially, it's very good. Yes, it presents a very good prima facie case, but yeah, I don't think <laughs> this, it's a... this is lawyer talk now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I think it it presents a good a good argument for itself on its face, but I don't think it wins out against most of the other stuff that I've been considering in hunter smuggler lists in a points of manipulation. I would take a second look at it. Yeah. Agreed. It's very cool. Sorry. I just had a big yawn there. That's all right though. Okay. I, I see how much you care. What? I see how much <laughs> I care about what? <laughs> oh, you see how much I care. I see. I see. <laughs> uh, then final strength is wait, unless I skipped one. No, I didn't. Final strength, getting to do the Hondo voice. KJ, what was that line that you gave me? I think my favorite line from him, I don't know if it'll ever, ever come up in the history of <laughs> Real Assault, but my favorite line from him uh, was something along the lines of, my mother taught me that one hostage is good, two hostages are better, and three hostages, ha <laughs> that's just good business. All right. <laughs> that's pretty good. See, I just tried to do like a search of the best Hondo line. Oh, yeah, you're right. As my sweet mother said, son, if one hostage is good, two are better. And three, well, that's good business. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> speak I love, so, speak I love. softly and drive a big tank. <laughs> I yeah, mean, my, my, my honor voice is fine. And has like his voice was 
like I basically smashed his voice and Watto's voice together for the Toydarian I played in a Star Wars <laughs> RPG once, and it was just always a lot of fun. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, my voice, my my voice rendition of it is terrible, but I still it's it's true, it's enjoyable. Yeah, him and Upper Palpatine together are like these are just the characters that's fun to pretend to have their voice and as you play them. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if you Google Hondo quotes, you can find a wealth of pretty funny ones. Yeah. Does all right for himself. All right, Jake, the weaknesses. Dun, 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 dun. Well, we all know what your biggest weakness is. Command card stinks. Not even worth looking at. Might as well throw it in the trash. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what I said and exactly <laughs> how I meant it. That's all I heard. That's what I heard. I mean, I don't know what everyone else heard when they listened to this, but you basically just... <laughs> Uh, I think his biggest weakness is that he is squishy. Yeah, I I see that argument and I yield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you'll go down in two decent sized attacks. So you have to be really careful with him. Yeah, it's true. Um, Maybe three if you're lucky, four if you roll a dodge. And now the interesting, I mean, the hard part is, I suppose, right, is that actually this is where that range really kind of comes to punish you a little bit, depending on the what's in, what you're how you're using him. Um, but right, it's not it's not like he can really snipe, right? He can't he can't shoot from you know eight to twelve spaces away, right? So he has to get a little bit closer to the fray, which means that the fray can get a little bit closer to him, right? And especially when you start talking about some of those, you know, with the rise of I don't want to say the rise, but, you know, the way that like Ezra and, you know, characters like Ezra and Kanan, things like that work out. It's like yes, all of a sudden they loves all... to get up in your face. Vader lists uh, some versions of scum hunters, right? All, like getting in your faces. And, and he, doesn't then, want, he doesn't want them in his face. Yeah. And then on the other hand there, he can't uh, really keep up in a sniper battle with uh, with Han and Rangers. So what yeah. are you going to do with them? Yeah, that is a. So that's a good question. <laughs> but yeah, he he definitely is a character where uh, I think you would be, you'll be punished for small mistakes with him. I think that's a really good way to put it. But he kind of demands, he kind of demands. Precise. Yeah. And so he's kind of a, in a way that's almost a different, I mean, it's the same weakness, but different kind of, he's a difficult character to play because you need to be kind of aggressive with him, right? You want to take advantage of negotiate. You want to take advantage of that dice pool, push that damage through. Yeah, he has a pretty uh, steep learning curve, I think. Yeah, but it's not like, right? He He's a waste if you don't engage with him. Like, all right. his value is in the engagement, so. Yeah, he's a he's an attacking figure, which I think that leads us into his second uh, weakness is, well, I know that we could say this is a weakness for literally everything that's not a hunter. I think <laughs> it's uh, particularly uh, poignant in his case that he is not a hunter because of the fact that he's in the scum faction and his... Uh, one of his best play styles is to work in a smuggler hunter uh, kill everything list. Right, right. So the fact that he's not a hunter and can't use those cool command cards, it makes it a bit more uh, difficult to manage the command deck because like the list I've been using him in with it, which is with IG-88, Onar, and Hondo, yep. there's only two hunt uh, oh, and Greedo. So there's three hunters in that list, only two of which will be see the end of round two. <laughs> yep. So he, uh, so if the fact that he's not a hunter means that uh, there'll be cards in your hand that you can't use with him, uh, that 
yeah, so just well, and I, I think this is a bigger weakness with the rise to of IG88. IG88 has become so popular and he becomes such a large portion of your list. And right, he's not a so I mean this kind of right, this flips also with the smuggler cards. Right. Um, right. So you've you've got him, you may want to bring smuggler cards, but actually like with the way that IG88 kind of takes over your list and Onar's so good, right? You end up actually not having a lot of room to pack a lot of smugglers in either. So it actually gets a little difficult, I suppose. Right. right? There's the, nowhere near as many weak ways around to have ex- both hunters and smugglers in the same card. And in some ways, that's like the that's actually what I'm like getting at. Is like back in the day, back back in the day, he says. But right when weak ways were at there. I mean, back in the day, you're talking about would be two years ago at this point. Uh, it's true. It's true. All right, so if you're dealing with a meta where there are a lot of weak ways, it was extremely trivial to fold in as many smuggler slash hunter cards as you wanted to, right? It was right because you'd all you'd always have one, you'd always have a figure that could use them essentially. But and now that they've started to not cross pollinate, I guess the smuggler hunter traits to figures as much. And, Which and is probably good in the long run. Probably good. And I suppose, you know, they probably didn't know that about Onar at the time, right? That Smuggler Hunter was going to be an insanely strong combo. But, you know, just by chance, Onar is the one who is withstood the test of time and he does not have a Smuggler trait. So, right. Here we are. Yeah. Onar, Onar passed the test of time out of that wave. I think, yeah, I think out of Jabba's palace scum stuff, he's the one that sees the most play still. So, yep, and then yep. he, Hunter, not Smuggler. Hondo's a smuggler, not hunter. It's just uh, not a good deal. Yep, IG-88, hunter, no smuggler. Um, I'm not sure what else you put in your list, but I'm guessing, right, that's... Uh, uh, yeah, you get your Greedos. Uh, well, I'll discuss that in the lists area as well, but you get yeah, your yeah. Greedos, you get your uh, your Rebel supports from R2 and 3PO, you get some Jawas. Yep, yep. Which also are smugglers, so if your Hondo dies, you can on the lamb with a Jawa and just make your opponent feel real bad. <laughs> Good luck killing this Jawa. <laughs> but yeah, so it, I don't want to, you know, again, I, I think we've I've probably said something similar to this in the past. It's This is hardly a weakness that is like a rule amount weakness, but it is, you know, just something to keep your eye on, especially when you're because, again, I mainly speak for if you're like a what I'll call legacy player. If you've played for a long time, I definitely have a certain um, complacency about when building, putting smugglers and hunters in a list where I just always think they're going to be able to use all the cards I put in because that's the way it was for so long. It was so easy right. for so long. And it's yeah. definitely, it actually just is, it's, you have to be slightly more careful now than you had to be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the command deck becomes a little bit more clunky over time just because the figures that are seeing play aren't sharing show those traits anymore. Right, right. Wow, that was a good uh, that was a good observation, Jake. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's move on into strategy. All right, Jake, and this is our favorite part of the show. For any yeah. from here on out, for any scum figure that we review, we're gonna ask: Does it pass the Saska test? The test where you ask: Would I pay for Saska theft in Rebels to bring that scum figure into my Rebel list? And the answer, Jake, for this guy, for Hondo. Unfortunately, is. not. Ah, well, you vote no. Let me let me make my case at least. Okay, so you okay. pay six points for Hondo, which pays for the smuggler and leader traits, a surge for one damage, surge for two damage, and then nine health, five speed, white defense die, and then blue, red, green attack die. Then, so he's paid for that. What a deal! What a great deal! 
then Sasuke will be paid for by getting two points from what's yours is mine and then four more points from negotiating. Wow. Paid for. Done. There you go. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'll, I'll go ahead and add to your argument uh, by stating that he also plays well with uh, Mr. With Mr. Han Solo as a big time smuggler. <laughs> yeah, see? Makes perfect sense. But yeah, you can you use could... that Han, you use that Han title card or whatever it is. So Yeah, I, I don't think there's any better use of 12 points in a Han list. That no. definitely nothing that starts with A and ends with up <laughs> and ends with Lions Rangers. <laughs> that was a good callback. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. How do you play this guy, Jake? Tell me. We said there's a steep learning curve. He, I feel like he has to be up in the fray. I don't, I don't actually know if that's true, but right. it seems in my like experience I don't know with him, I, the best way to play him is to keep him in cover, uh, move him two or three out of cover, take a shot, move him back to cover. Right. Is this a character you would like to see? And again, I'm asking you because I've only played him the one time, and the first time you play a figure, you know, it's kind of a disaster zone. But uh, um, when you've played him. Is this a figure you want to see going into round three and four, or is this a figure that you expect to leave the, you know, leave this earthly plane in the first two rounds in round two? Maybe I generally have been able to keep him around till round three because you can, because the list I've been running him with, he, you run up into people's faces with, uh, with Onar and Greedo, and they'll go down first, and then yep. IG is kind of uh, on the outskirts blasting away so that who looks like a much bigger threat yeah yep so they'll go for those people first so most of the time i've seen him go into round three or four yeah you know what I, and i think that's actually pretty pertinent is you know calling out the fact that he actually probably pairs really well with ig88 because he is a he is a character that right he gains you value over time but and i, I wouldn't say that most of your opponents are wrong but i, I would have to imagine most opponents see ig88 is like the more um a pressing issue to deal with. Yes. I know I always I know I always feel that way when I'm fighting. Yeah, he's a very he's a very pertinent threat at any point in the game when he's still alive. God, I hate that hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan, but I also like broken bullshit, so what do I know? Uh well, that's how you win. That's how that's how you got to win. <laughs> broken stuff. I I, um, want, I I don't know if we're getting another regional season or not, so I want that acrylic on my shelf. Mm, that's smart. Um, how, here's a question. So do you think he would, you have to play him a lot differently if you're going for a lot of mid range figures? Not that I actually think that's a very competitive list archetype in, but let's say he was running with, um, two weak ways instead of IG. Like, do you think uh, you have to be more conservative case, with him then? Or? Him, I would say that he becomes more of a front line in that case. Cause the weak way, they just melt to specter. So you need to keep them back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Vader inspectors can one-shot weak way real easily. Ooh. Spooky. So I would generally then I'd turn him into more of your frontish line figure. Use him as kind of the more distract. He's more of a distraction at that point. Yeah, he he uh he lines stuff up for your weak ways. He'd draw people out of out of line. I I think at at the current point, I think I would only ever run one set of weak ways. I don't think I think the double weak ways are just kind of too much of a liability at this point. Yeah. And I was just really more asking out of like, because right, I, I could concoct a scenario where instead you ran him with, you know, like, I don't I don't know, like some mid rangey characters, right? So maybe like a, 
with Sabines and Onars and Greedos type of people. Yeah, like if you did just a, a whole host of mid-range characters instead of a... Uh... Well, that's basically what a points manipulation list looks like is it's Jabba and Onar and uh, Hondo and stuff like that. Yeah, so so I guess like would it is it the same scenario with that or are there... I guess I suppose it always depends on the threats that are still on the board. It, it depends on the threats. I think he still stays in more of the back line in most situations. Yeah. He's not a frontline figure. Like we talked about earlier, he's kind of squishy. He'll go down in two, three attacks most of the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I would, I would completely agree with that. Um, in terms of activation in the first round, what do you see? What do you typically do with him? Is he an early activation or do you uh, late first activation round for you? He's generally in the back half? That's what I would expect too. that high movement range and the possibility yeah. for an early negotiate, I think yes. tilts, you, tilts you towards that. You want to activate him later on. Yeah. You want to activate him when there's people he can walk up and shoot and you want to potentially focus him beforehand. Yeah. And I can't imagine round two. He's probably not your first activation given that you've got probably I don't think I've ever activated him first in round two. Yeah. Especially given that you have focused donar and, IG-88 kind of waiting out there, so they're definitely right. going to be the ones to yeah, go Yeah, usually first. I'll have my IG go first, but I also play my IG very aggressively. So I need to get him back back where he started from. I know. I know how you do, Jake. <laughs> I you... Um, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that covers most of how you're going to play him, right? It's Because, right, I would I'd recommend that he sort of has to be up in the fray, but you like him to not be... Right, you only want to play him that way, really, if... I mean, he almost always has to be up in the fray in some ways. And, you know, all the better, I guess, if you have a bigger target that your opponent needs to deal with. Because, again, he has an ongoing value that he gets just from existing, basically. Yeah, so you want to have your own R's and your IG's up in your opponent's face and have them keep their attention on those guys instead of Hondo in the back getting right. victory points or getting big, huge haymaker hits out. Right, right. I uh, And then I guess... I mean, that's that's mainly the way you play him. There's also obviously this option that we talked about, what's yours is mine. But again, I, I think that's so conditional on the map and how things go. So, I mean, if you can do it, all the all the better, I suppose. You know, I suppose, you know, here's something I didn't consider. There's probably a world where if he's at one, like one health, that there's probably, or like he's very low, let's just say that instead, that you could like double move him into your opponent's deployment zone where they're never going to be able to get back to him. That could be probably an okay you know, strategy. Yeah, that's a pretty good move. Like deny, if, if there's deny nobody six, deny eight points almost. Yeah, basically deny eight points. If there's no good last hits you can get in to really swing the game, like yeah. swing the tactical combat, you can just move them out and do a little bit more of a strategic move and threaten a point swing as well as hiding him away. Right, right. So yeah, I, I would I you know I wouldn't argue that that's an amazing idea, but still kind of still kind of neat. It's an option. I think that's what his your uh, his what's my what's yours is mine. There, I think that's the main focus of his ability most of the time is that it just provides options. It's right. not really the main focus of the card, but it's always good to have options. Yep, yep. Um, you know what? I was going to ask you something really stupid here. I was going to ask you about lion ambush, but that is non-unique figure. So, but I but when I see his card, I always think of lion ambush as a yeah. Card him, but I wish. <laughs> I wish yeah. that was a. I wish I could put my Jedi Knight Luke in the deployment zone. <laughs> in the enemy deployment zone. Uh, but you're... alas, it is not to be. Actually, that card's halfway decent with Wampas I've seen. So we'll 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 talk about that in a future episode. The Wampa episode. Oh my god. Or the Lion Ambush episode. I feel like 
that there's enough possibilities there to get a whole thing. But lion ambush episode. Oh my god! Listen to this guy. This is outrageous. Tell me that it wouldn't be fun. It would be fun. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk some command cards now. I think we've I like talked, your thinking. We've talked. We've talked Hondo to death at this point. So tell me. Well, yeah, we'll start reading these. So you know, my favorite, your favorite on the lamb. Everybody loves this card. Everyone, whenever it gets played against you, you instantly say three points. That was a fair. That's a fair price to pay. That's and that's the peasants rejoiced. Yeah, this game is fair. <laughs> so on the lamb is a three point smuggler only card. Use while defending before the attacker applies modifiers to interrupt to perform a move. Sorry, I emphasized that a little bit wrong, incorrectly, but basically, it you get still to, basically says get out of jail free. Yeah, basically do something dumb and then not pay any price. The end. Yeah. Although with Hondo, five movement, like I said, on the lamb plus uh, moving into the deployment zone might not be that bad. That actually sounds kind of cool. That sounds that sounds like a really funny, just kind of a blowing a raspberry at your opponent. Yeah, right. Like... Not only do you not kill me, <laughs> not only do you waste an action, but I'm going to get two victory points while I'm at it. Yeah, not you're not gonna get six points. You're gonna pay me two points. Neener, neener, boo boo. This is like a Mexico's gonna pay for the wall moment or something. <laughs> <laughs> not to, I'm not gonna get political, but I just always found that really humorous. So, <laughs> um, next card worth every credit. Any this is scum figure. Go for it. I'll read it. Sorry, I'm now I'm just hogging all the cards, Jake. But I was greedy because it's a cool. The art is neat. Um, it's two points, any scum figure. Use during your activation to discard one harmful condition and gain two movement points. When the next hostile figure is defeated during this activation, gain two victory points. Yep, fits. Yep, good with those uh, with those scum point manipulation lists. And yeah, also, little... free movement, not bad. Not bad, yeah. I mean, removing harmful conditions is nice. A little, I think a little spendy at two. And I only say that because, again, competition's high, but for in scum. Yeah, but they had to keep it in the cycle of two-point cards that remove harmful conditions and give you movement points and do some other thing. You know what? You're right. I had never thought about that, but you're completely... That is a extremely common thing to do. <laughs> there's Yeah, there's one per faction now, so fun times. How about tools for the job? Uh, this, turn. this is a primo card for... Never heard of it. Never heard of it. It's definitely not <laughs> one of the cards that uh, is the most played in all of the game. Yep. But uh, for those who uh, for those who aren't who need a refresher, tools for the job: hunter or smuggler only for two points. What use when you declare an attack to add one attack die of your choice to the attack pool? Throw in that red or throw in that blue and get a surprise attack across the map. Yeah, that, and, that would and, be when you could say, "Oh, I'm going to attack you from seven spaces away. Do you want to <laughs> pay me? Uh, you're probably going to miss, so no. Add a blue." <laughs> I mean, that is a good mind games moment, though. It's like, what is what is he up to? <laughs> what is going on here? Is he just it is one of those moments like, is he just hoping to get lucky or or is there something up his sleeve? Um, yeah. Next card. Uh, this cover. one's just a fun little this one's pretty fun. I've never actually used it, but I keep looking at him like eh, maybe it is run for cover mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. a smuggler card for two points. Use when attack targeting you is declared. Choose one die and remove it from the attack pool. It is the opposite of tools for the job. I uh, yeah, I I actually did run this card for a while when I was working out. So this was before Heart of the Empire came out. So before they made Han good. But when I was running like a Jedi Luke Jin 
land it was my stun it was basically my stun jedi luke list it was like lando and Jin and jedi luke was basically the big hitters in the list and then like yeah. i don't know like some one of the like some other media some other mediocre figures but it wasn't that bad of a list it was a pretty cool list but i ran run for cover because the list was essentially a test of can you um pair survivability cards against hunter cards and the answer right. is almost but not quite but run yeah, for cover, I, isn't it? Run for cover is not a bad card, I don't think. So no, it's not. Especially when you're going up against uh, Alliance Rangers, and you can take yes. away one of their blue dice. Yes. See you later, alligator. Or take away Han's blue die. Would be real nice too. Yeah. It, uh, again, in the in the age of big range sniping, if you can make someone blow their attack, especially from one of those types of characters, oh yeah, that's nice. Why don't you tell us about officers training? I would love to. This is a great card for Hondo. You run this in your in your list, Jake? Officer's training? Nice. Yes. Officer's training. Oh, and it's actually really good for him given his dice pool. Given the things that you want to get, like a three result on the red or, you know, six range on the blue. But officer's training, any figure, zero points. Use while attacking to reroll one attack die. Then if you are a leader, draw one command card. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a, it's a very solid card with Mr. Hondo. Yeah, Another very, very good. solid card is Toxic Dart. Hunter or Smuggler for zero points. Used during your activation, a hostile figure within three spaces and in line of sight suffers one strain and becomes weakened. God, this card is, has been good for so long. <laughs> toxic I'm, Dart, so strong. I'm a fan of that card. It uh, it makes it that their your opponent is less likely to get that uh, to block your plus one damage surge and also uh when they attack back they are less likely to do any meaningful surges yeah that's it's a very nice card especially that it here's one of those cards that helps you out though jake hunter or smuggler boom yeah yeah those are the things i like to see yeah yeah it's um yeah that's it's a great card now hopefully like you kind of see after officers training toxic dart it's like yeah god zero point cards are uh they're so good. <laughs> There's a lot of good ones. There's two more cards in this list, and they're both zero points. Let's keep it keep it rolling. Opportunistic. This is a, this is one of my favorite cards too. Um, and I, I think every scum list I put opportunistic in it just because I think it's so neat. But opportunistic is zero points. Any scum figure can use it, and it states use after a hostile figure suffers damage, you gain three movement points. So you can use that to interrupt on any. So it's for any scum figure during your activation. Yes, and I put it in there specifically because it makes it a little bit easier to use. What's yours is mine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to use it. I mean, I usually like it too because right, you and your opponent during a game are making probably a, you know, hundreds of small analyses of am I safe or am I in danger. And opportunistic is a card that just completely blows out of the water, kind of like your opponent's expectations of where a figure is going to be when they start their activation. So good. Yeah, it's just a, just a good good thing to keep around. Uh, why don't you read off this final card? What? It's an oldie but a goodie. Element of surprise, zero points, any figure. Use when you declare an attack. If the target figure did not have a line of sight of you at the start of your activation, remove one die from its defense pool. Yep, it's, uh, it's busted. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a card that's literally good with everything, and we normally put when put it on this list. But because of that interaction I talked about before, where you can have your opponent pay you before you use Element of Surprise, that's, yeah. uh, that's what puts it onto this list as something that's especially good with Hondo. 
Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good justification. Because yeah, you're right. I think normally we probably wouldn't talk about it because it's like it could honestly go on R two D twos. You know, if we did an episode on R two D two, you could put <laughs> that card on there and be literally, like, yeah, wow. Any, yeah, literally any figure except C three PO can get good use out of this card. But I think Hondo gets especially good use. Very very true. Yeah, any any really does like that's it. It just ups his burst potential so much. Oh my god, the pain. Uh, Jake, you want to tell us about your awesome, super cool list? Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot to actually write down the list I was going to talk about. So uh, there's two main archetypes I've seen Hondo in that are actually good. And then there's one that's just kind of silly that I played for a while. Uh, the actual good ones is a hunter killer list, which is IG, Onar, and Hondo with whatever support. So the version I'm running is uh, with Brito, an elite Jawa, R2D2, yep. C3PO, regular Jawa, black market, and either extra armor or doubt. I'm kind of flipping back and forth between those. Or there's the uh, there's a version that replaces those upgrades with uh, with another Jawa, and that took second place mm. in the Zion's finest uh, vassal tournament. Uh, so the game plan with either version of that list is to uh, set up for a favorable trade in the first engagement which uh, to and then snowball from there. So you want to be able to kill. You want to be able to set up a, a solid position and then use that to kill an opponent's uh, an opponent's card or two before they kill yours. And then you can use that numerical advantage throughout the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. and then you have a lot of Jawas to go out and collect objectives while your big guys focus on killing things. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a solid list, honestly. Yes, I'm a fan of it. Uh, the other good list with Hondo is the points manipulation, which mm. features any combination of Jabba, Hondo, Onar, Sabine, uh, Jawas, support, like rebel support droids. Just, uh, just ba And then uh, that focuses more on the command cards with cards like Celebration, Price on Their Heads, Black Market yep. Prices. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. things like that that allow you to uh, add more command or add more victory points without actually working for it. Yep, that makes sense to me. And that's so, cool. Yeah. They're uh, they're they're pretty good. That's a pretty solid list. If you're ever just like oh, I want to run something deep, pretty good, but that isn't Specter Cell or or uh, or like the Vader list that are just like top tier competitive, then mm. Scum Points Manipulation is always a good bet. Yeah, and it's a neat list. And then you can really go dumpy and run him with like Ezra and I don't know, <laughs> Maul. <laughs> I do actually rebel, list. it wasn't do very some, good. Do some Rebels, Rebels themed shenanigans. I Kane actually or, did Kane run that Ezra list Maul with Sabine and Maul and Ezra and Hondo. And yep. it was not terrible, but not particularly good either. Expectedly, it was mediocre. Yes. And then yeah. the uh, then the mediocre the other mediocre list that I was hinting at earlier is running Thrawn and Hondo together with Death Troopers, uh, because the Death Troopers can chain into Hondo or Thrawn. Oh, so you were having you were having fun with that list back in the day. I was having fun with that list. It just wasn't as good as replacing uh, Hondo and some other and some of the Death Troopers with uh, with Vader. So, yeah, very true. I mean, it's that's that's a hard trade to make. But hey, what can you do? Hard to give up the big man. 
It really is. He is. Uh, he's one of my favorite figures in this game, just because of the fact that he plays so well to my move forward, roll dice, kill people play style. Very true. So, in conclusion, everyone, you know why play Honda when you can play Vader? Good night. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, my name is Jake Peterson, ahead. and I endorse this message. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just to recap though, I mean, Hondo is a, you know, I, I actually think he is competitive. It's just, I, I am still just kind of wondering, it's like, uh, is he going to, I guess he does, you know, you did say he fit in the list that won a tournament recently. So that's actually probably pretty impressive. I don't know. know I'm still, I, I I'm still like on the fence. Like he's easily tier 1.5, if not tier one. Yeah. So I, I think overall, like. I think the tyrants of Lothal at like all of the unique characters they added were all like are all seeing a good amount of play. Mm. Some of them even outside of the Spectre Cell list. Right, right. Like you see Sabine outside of Spectre Cell a lot, and you see the occasional. Eh, you don't really see uh, Ezra outside of Spectre Cell a lot, but uh, but you see a lot of Sabine outside of Spectre Cell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But that's uh, that's a topic for another day. That is, we will have to broach it. Uh, yes. But Jake, this was a very good, very full conversation about Hondo. I wasn't sure how it was going to yeah. go, but well, I, thought I, think too, we, yeah. I thought we'd be too rusty. It'd be too rusty. <laughs> oh, no. I, I It's been too long. I have to have too many words pent up. I need to say them. Yeah, we've been uh, just been storing, just been thinking up, making little notes in my Imperial Assault dream journal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right Jake, Eric. Always a pleasure to chat. I'll uh, oh God, talk to you next knows. time. Yeah, sure, for sure. And we're going to try and be more regular now. God, I don't even want to. I, I, I want to say we so... said that every single time. Why don't we'll uh, we're, we're both. Uh, so I'm in law school. Eric's in school and working. So we'll we'll get to we'll we'll uh, we'll put out stuff every time we can. Oh, my God. We will work so hard for you, dear listener. <laughs> we love you listeners. Please don't hate us. Please don't hate us. Oh, God, forgive us for our transgressions. <laughs> All right, but really, uh, um, I guess okay. We'll wrap this up, but yeah, the the freaking Minnesota goodbye. We are experts at this, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but also, good luck to everyone in their regional games. I uh, oh yeah, our re- uh, the Roseville Regionals is coming up, so we're gonna try to get up. Uh, we're gonna try to get the finalists onto this show to uh, talk about their experience. It's just gonna be. It'll just be you, Jake. You'll just be the finalist, and it'll just be this a normal episode. <laughs> a completely a completely un, uneventful normal episode <laughs> yes yeah, so i'll get to the final two and then the other person will drop mysteriously and it'll just be you and i yeah drop mysteriously uh, because of the knife that eric thrust into their back oh that's a great idea all right jake <laughs> good night so long we'll talk we'll talk again soon thank you bye bye bye